Can you hear me? Yes, that's clear and perfect. Oh, awesome. Okay. Look, I'm scared to put my headphones in. <laughs> on the, on the first attempt, it, uh, it said that there were two people. I don't know why. So that's probably why there was an echo. Because it said... You know, yeah, maybe because I tried to join twice. Really weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Tech, you're supposed to be smarter than that. But anywho. Uh, tools are only as smart as the user and the creator. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the end of the year. Uh, it's been a really fast year. I always think about those memes where it's just like you're still trying to process 2019 and it's almost 2023 already, you know? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, especially from the Afrofuturistic perspective, you know, when you read books and comic books, it's like the year is such and such. It's like, oh my God, that, that's here. I think it all boils down to like how we experience things. Um, one time I was talking to uh, another scholar in the African-American studies department at the University of Houston. And I asked how old this scholar was and they responded um, something like, it's not about the time, it's about the experience. Yeah. You know, you could say that you're 25, but you could have had uh, a thousand years of experience in like one year, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually I actually think that's really um relevant to what I've really been interested in this morning. We have an overarching topic and we're everything we're talking about is gonna lead into it, which you know, we're talking about um capitalism today mm. and the great resignation. Mm. But a lot of what I have been thinking about this morning has a lot to do with metaphysics. And um, I've studied metaphysics before as a scholar, like reading philosophy books. Um, but I don't think I really understood what it was until like this morning when I was just like doing a couple of reflections. Um, and I, I kind of, I had a couple of key questions. Mm. And so I wanted to dive into that <laughs> yeah totally let's do it i love metaphysics. So, metaphysics yeah the first the first question i had to myself is what is the metaphysical what is the metaphysical uh do you have a thought on that uh i guess if if we're gonna make it you know for the sake of brevity i'd say it is where thought and material converge yeah. Um, one way I started to answer that question was I started exploring like what is language and what is communication? Because mm -hmm. when I was studying English, one of the things that like really fascinated me about English was this idea that language and communication is the only way that the dead can like literally talk to you. Yeah. Um, like, how do you like before we were writing things down, um, we had like oral culture where we would share our knowledge. But the moment people started like recording history and recording activities, it was almost like this metaphysical act where like the knowledge of the previous generations could almost be instantly 
downloaded almost, you know, reading does take some time and effort, but if you read something, um, you would pretty much be able to internalize the thoughts of a whole nother person who's not even physically here with you anymore. Yeah. And that is where, so when I say thought and material, uh, um, I love that you said that with language and communication, because you know the other the other of the triad for me is literacy. And so it's imagery, right? So you imagine these concepts. And of course, you know, once we got to a place where we evolved into text, you know, in the literal sense, where where's words, letters, you know, phonemically. But before that, it was think about, you know, uh, the pyramids it was all pictorial and this is where your imagination had to be cerebrally had to be very vivid because you know um it needs to be transferred if that makes sense and so you need to like really like go big (laughs) you gotta go big and you have to imagine every detail so that is where metaphysics takes shape because you are deeply seated in the image and it's coming to fruition you're birthing it because you're one with that energy yeah yeah I always would tell people about like what does it mean to be creative I would say like I'm like this shepherd that has to guide this idea from like Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) realm into reality (laughs) and you literally have to sit and walk this idea from the immaterial into the material realm because like uh one of my one of my business partners he was just like ideas are easy everyone can have a million ideas it's the execution and the completion of a project that is the most important thing when it comes to creation and creativity you know um we actually live within us because our bodies are connected to the cosmos. Like we actually live in a metaphysical plane partially. Right. Um, Which is like my second thought, which was like, when I'm trying to figure out like, what is the metaphysical? I was like, what is emotions? Mm. Like what, what, like Lizzo said it. She was like, what the F are uh, like feelings, yo? (laughs) Like what are these? Um, Yeah. And I started thinking about like how your emotions, uh, like when you talk to yourself in your head, like nobody else but you can hear it. Uh, where does that voice exist? You know, and one of those things is like that voice exists within you, within your soul. Um, but you know, like where does where does that part of you? exist in it and in my head I'm just thinking it exists in the metaphysical um I talk to myself all day in my head yeah totally I have a very vivid conversations and in relationship with my own internal psyche and sometimes in the the physical world I catch myself like continuing a conversation that I actually started in my head And people are just like, um, excuse me, I'm lost. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, let me, let me rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and so, you know what? I I love this for so many reasons. Number one, because when when we're asking the question of emotion, right, it's just energy and motion. And that's, this is how it's, you know, it's immediately connected, if you will, to this metaphysical plane, 
right? Because if you give into it, uh, you know, if you give into it where it's, it's, you can measure it and it's a nice amount and you start to see that a, a mountain is forming, uh, it will take shape in the physical. Meaning I'm having a bad day. You say that out loud. And this is, it's always been, that's why I love this. I'm like, I didn't know how I'm going to do this today, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, why I am an advocate for culturally responsive literacy development, even in being a cultural communications consultant. It's what you say has already lived in the mind's eye. And you're going to manifest that. Remember we talk about manifestation very early this year. You're going to manifest that if you say it and if you deeply feel it. Because whatever you're feeling, like your body is going along with that. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. This is just not working out. Well, everything is not going to work out <laughs> because you said it already and you've already believed it enough and you've gotten into the feeling. Let's say you, you know, you feel it. You're like, okay, this is, this something is going wrong. And you use that statement. Think of that. Think of that statement statement and you gather yourself and you say okay let me get a hold of this like okay my dad I'm not having a bad day it's just just a few things that happen and you change your your thoughts and you and you feel differently about it you'll change your outcome but it's very 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 tricky and this is where I'm so glad you said this a lot of artists and a lot of creators don't finish because they vacillate in uh you know, the design of the feeling and if that's supposed to materialize in a certain way. And it's like, just go with it. Tim Fielder and I talked about this when we when we did uh, Future of Literacy. It's finish your work, but you have to be, you have to be grounded in it and talking to yourself and bouncing ideas off of yourself. That's part of it. That's part of it. Like it's not, I, I don't I don't care who calls us crazy for doing that. I don't care. That's not it's not crazy. It's sane. It's sanity. It's you want to run things by yourself. Self, is this real? Are we doing this? How are we gonna do this? Yeah, you should do that. But there is a there is a point and there is a calculation for how much do it that the act your intention always determines your result. And I agree. And again, like, I think in my, my life, metaphysics has never been so plainly explained. Yeah. You know, whenever you imagine metaphysics, it always seems so much more complex than like a movie where someone's like, I've, I've made it to the metaphysical plane. And there's always like uh, some form of like lightning and energy like surrounding yeah. this person or like in the <laughs> matrix where like the metaphysical plane like the neo and the main characters who are unplugged from the matrix can literally bend reality around them because they're tapped into the metaphysics of it all um and visually when you think about it um especially if you're like a movie person like me i love the movies like the metaphysical somehow always manifested as something magical yeah you know 
Yeah. Uh, even when you think about Disney, like Disney is always using like magic and the idea of like what is magical to discuss like emotions and family connection, which is really metaphysical, like your connection to other human beings. How are you intimately connected to the universe? That is a very metaphysical concept. And that's amazing. Like love. It is. It is. You know, you talk about Disney. Think about this. Um, I was reading this book about him and <laughs> TM even said that there is under Disney World, uh, there's this buried, uh, well, he's buried under there, but his premise of think about how Disney came to be, right? We think it's Mickey Mouse, right? And it's like, oh my God, it's so Mickey Mouse. It's Mickey Mouse. He's so cute. But honestly, that was Disney concept mapping his vision for Disney World. And what he did was he used three circles. There was one big circle and two smaller circles, and it looked like a mouse. And here we go, it's Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse was like the grounding force, you know, for Disney World. And you, you think about this in, again, perspective of language, because when I'm teaching, I'm always telling, you know, our babies, and you do this too in your curriculum, that, you know, how we communicate and how we materialize includes words, images, and symbolization. Like you have to, you have to incorporate those symbols. So that lightning that you talked about, like, oh my gosh, it's, it's happening, you know? Um, those are all emotives, right? Those are all trying to line you up with the external, you know, what's happening externally. Uh, I guess as, as you know, perspective for what's, what could be happening internally, but it is very personal. It's very personal. Um, and once you get there, others who have experienced that plan you'll understand and this this ties so neatly to capitalism shatana <laughs> and i know you know this i know you know this this is not or this is not you know just a fluke this this is it ties so neatly to capitalism because if you constantly imagine capitalism being and you 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 seek to ground that ideology and you constantly ruminate on it and implement and execute, then that's all that there's gonna be and that's what the masses is gonna take part in, capitalism, right? So it's tricky because it's, as with anything, there's duality and you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Yeah, and actually like, for me, like, I know I'm not going to use that word anymore, but th this is just me in my mind. Like, nothing is real. Like, yeah, capitalism real. is actually just a philosophy. Yep. And, um, you know, it's a scientific philosophy. Like, or you know, everything is science. Everything is religion. Everything is magic. Magic, science, and religion are the same thing. But um, capitalism is a philosophy that is very interesting when you start talking about concepts like late capitalism which is a term that i recently learned but before we like jump into that i have one more thing yeah about totally. the um 
I was told I was repressed by people close to me. And I honestly agree with that assessment. Um, and I think that, you know, especially recently, because I was I was back in the classroom and I was experiencing like the emotions of my students, like almost every single one of my students were depressed or something emotional was happening with them. And um, so depression, repression, um, Oppression. like oppression. Mm-hmm. all these things, are, yeah. these things are tied together and I think one of the best ways I've heard mental health being discussed is like um, in the discourse oftentimes we think about mental health as like a personal internal um, deficiency or issue like right. Tana is depressed it's something that's personal and internal within her and therefore the only medications or remedies is to like dive deep into Shatana's internal work and like you know talk about it meditate on it and while yes that is one thing because you know when you meditate on things and you're talking about things you are accessing the metaphysical within you um the thing that I saw on the social medias was like, um, what if we started treating mental health symptoms um, as the symptoms of oppression? You know, because I wouldn't be depressed if my life wasn't very specifically structured in a very specific way. Mm. Uh, And so instead of like now making all these people, like saying all these children are depressed and all these children have mental health issues, you can then say the system is destructive and it is causing harm as opposed to blaming the individual. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally know. So let's let's look at mental health. What is that? What does that imply? That you're healthy mentally. So when we say things like mental health symptoms and mental health programs, it's it, you know, it, it, it works against what we're saying. And this is, again, going back to this metaphysical conversation. It's very, very elusive. You, you, you can't get a grasp on, well, you can if, you, if you're paying attention long enough. It's like you just said with science. It's the ideology. Okay, if I put her in this environment, she's going to lose her mind. Her mind was what it was. She was born with it. She was in this really healthy, mentally healthy environment, i.e. home, you know, work, whatever. And then we take her out of that environment and we put her in another environment where she may not have the correct, you know, time that she needs for her being, which is, which is very important time. We talk about time and time and experience all the time, but If we take her out and we put her in another environment and she loses her mind, that's normal, Shadana. It's normal. But here we have psychology where we're labeling the behaviors and what they're seeking to do, which is obvious, is go back to the thoughts that created and manifested those behaviors and outcomes. And they, they're labeled, they're clearly labeled. Think about bipolar and schizophrenia. And it all starts with their being 
mental, a, a mental health challenge. Something is off, right? So when we talk about repression, and this is so wonderful, you're talking about this, an oppression and depression. I've said this forever, that it's all of the shuns, if you will. Because think about even that, you're shunned. Oh no, get away from me, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't want to be bothered with you. You're, it's all of that as a result of your environment. You are not your environment, but because again, culturally, we are accustomed to other feelings and emotions, if that makes sense. The feeling of belonging, the feeling of unity, togetherness, right? Love, artistic expression. And you take me out of that and you put me in this environment that says, mm -mm, we're not, we not painting today. We're not doing none of that art stuff. You're gonna learn these words and you're gonna learn them in a logical sense. You're gonna learn them the way I tell you to learn them. Of course you would lose your mind. <laughs> you lost your mind and you picked up somebody else's. Does that make sense? It does. And so now we're, we're diving straight into it. So um, in essence, what I learned is that by reconnecting with the metaphysical that is within you, that you know very intimately because like it's your emotions that's a part of the metaphysical it's your inner thoughts that's a part of the metaphysical and it, it doesn't have to be difficult it doesn't have to be like lightning or sparkly magic it's literally it's it's so magnificent and it's so like normalized that we don't realize that it's magnificent you know we don't we don't we don't and, and that's the beautiful thing about something that is 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 well made well designed well you know god is a designer you know oh yeah oh yeah the, the master <laughs> but when something in the world in life and creation is okay is working well you don't notice it at all yeah like it's not a bad day it's not a good day you're just living life you know right right um and so the metaphysical is actually that it's like it's a it's a it's a day on earth it's it's another good day on earth where you're you're mentally well and you're able to center and be present within your body and you're able to execute ideas that you imagine you're making the things that you imagine become real and um and that's that's very normal in a in a functioning well happy society in place you know um but then I'll, i had the last question on the metaphysical which is tying us directly into our main topic which is what happens when information language communication art what happens when that physical manifestation is destroyed um like they were when like colonization happened so you know like colonization happened they destroyed a lot of art they destroyed a lot of writing and what they didn't destroy they took it and used it in their museums or in whatever ways that they wanted to and when i say they i'm talking literally about european colonialism so those people who executed colonialism um and destroyed these physical manifestations of metaphysical thoughts feelings uh, and actions you know what what was that like what the hell like wow. it's it it was 
the attempt, yet another attempt. You have to think, remember, you just said it. And I, again, I love this. You have no idea. I have loved each and every one of our shows together. <laughs> but this one is like, yes. Information. You know, when Beyonce did her, uh, and I still haven't seen it, the lemonade thing, the whole information. Yes. I still haven't seen it. But I, I remember the buzz and it was it was loud because information in and of itself does exactly what it said in formation. I am informing you. Everything you take in, you are becoming. You are becoming one with. And so if I wipe your memory clean, matrix, right? Mm -mm. Shatana, you know Shatana? <laughs> no, you're Anne. Your name is Anne. And I constantly treat you like Anne, whoever Anne is. Then you become Anne. Anne. It's a you have, Right. You have no prior knowledge because you have mentally moved out of that plan, that plane. You're not Shatana anymore. You don't remember what Shatana used to do. And this is why this is important in terms of history, right? When it is all wiped away, because we see this a lot. It happens, and you and I talk about the place that I, you know, loathe, that I just don't, I never want to return to. That's one of the reasons why. You wipe your history away. What are you hiding? That you did this on purpose? It's, I don't have any connection to myself. This is why it's so important for us to consistently ground in who we are and have and preserve our um, reminders, if, if you will. Because otherwise you'll continue to navigate this information and become one with exactly what they want you to become one with. You don't have any messages, like you said, from the, from the dead, from our ancestors. You don't have any remembrance. You don't have any of those sparks. You can't, you can't picture the symbols. Um, we're in the middle of Kwanzaa right now. Today is Nia, purpose, you know? Um, you don't, if you have an acquainted with your purpose, right? In a previous existence, then all the information that I give you, you'll consume and you'll become that. You'll be Anne. And this is, it's dangerous, Shatama. It's so dangerous because it's harder for you to move into this metaphysical place that's healthy because you can still move into a meta metaphysics. It's, it's, it's all, you know, duality and polarity. So it's just like, it's a good and it's a bad. You can metaphysically move into, you know, uh, something really, really bad. It, it works the same. It doesn't keep score. It's like a whatever you want. What, what, what do you want? So it's it's an, it's it's a tall feat to remember that you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are at all times. You you should want to be in control of that at all times. You should want to ground and center yourself and say, "I'm Shatana. I'm not Ian. <laughs> I'm Shatana. I'm Shatana. I have information." that tells me repeatedly, I'm Shatana, I am a creator. I have the energies channeled of the grand creator. I can do anything. I'm not in, I'm not repressed, I'm not depressed, I'm not oppressed. I can create, I can do these things and, and embody that emotion so that you can manifest it. That's metaphysics. That's how we fight capitalism. So 
hope I didn't like get there before we were supposed to. <laughs> In fact, I very much so um, love like just exploring ideas with no bumpers, no breaks. Yeah. Just exploring them because oftentimes like this is a special thing. Like people don't do this. Yeah. Um, especially, I don't want to say Americans, but like I, I find it an environment of like transaction. Get to the point quickly and quickly and let's build from there and yes oftentimes i find that difficult unless i've had time to let an ideal breathe and walk and form in a way that isn't quick and simple and straight um but what you said um, I have a like have notes. I just like have little notes. Actually, it just leads me into my next thought, which was eventually in the pursuit of understanding, everything is not certain and mm-hmm. actually belief. So you know how you talk about science? Yeah. Think about that. It is it is the search for absolute data, and this is where science really like it gets on my nerves Shatana. it's like okay but you're trying to prove phenomena what you're trying to do is document every instance of the phenomena well uh i think it's impossible because it can't be duplicated and what we're seeing now is duplication of very dangerous you know nlp you know neurolingual uh processing we're seeing ai become us why because we've been feeding ai we've been giving ai all we have right but science in and of itself is like, well, yeah, this is absolute. And that's not true. There's the nothing thing, yeah. absolute. No. There's nothing that's absolute. Um, so, yeah, this is like one of my favorite phrases. I think Erica Badu said it is, um, the man who thinks he knows something knows yeah. that he knows nothing at all. Maybe time and colder in your fall or something like that. Yes. And that little line of truth that I heard as a as a child literally just helped me in ways that I'm still feeling today. Open up. Um, yeah. So so then this is this is really the thing. Like if the metaphysical is so accessible, even though it didn't feel so accessible, and like in order to change our ability to manifest, information has been obfuscated or destroyed. Um, like I think one eternal question in Black studies, one that I've always been very aware of, was, um, you know, was colonialism successful? Because that's, right. that's that's what the people who started Black Studies wanted to really know anyways. Yeah. Like, when in the 60s, they were like, we want to learn more about ourselves. They were really saying, like, have we been assimilated into a European um, lifestyle, living and thinking pattern so much that there is nothing of our metaphysical selves left? And the longer uh, Black Studies has 
you know, existed and produced information, the more we have come to understanding that, or at least me, just like reading the data and reading what other people like Bell Hooks has produced is like, no, like energy is neither, neither created nor destroyed. Right. Um, so like you can destroy the books, you can destroy the art, um, you can change narratives, but what you cannot do is change people's lived experiences. And what you cannot do is change how people feel. And if our feeling the direct connection to the metaphysical, then I just have to say that metaphysically as black people who have been through genocide, there has been a metaphysical tidal wave that has been just getting so overwhelmingly large over the last 400 years and before you know it's just been growing and growing and growing and now we're here in today and i and i feel this metaphysical wave like cresting to where i'm just like meeting so many people who like oh my god i'm so happy because we're all on the same page right like emotionally and physically and spiritually. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're very, like when you meet someone who's very much so on the same pages, you don't really even have to like talk really. You don't, you, know? you don't remember. Remember our ancestors, they didn't have that before when we talk about oral language. It was, it was imagery and you were already united by, united by that. So it just makes sense. You find your kindred and it's like, oh, I can just sit here and be quiet. Like, you know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm feeling? Yeah, that's real. That now, if we have to, if we have to articulate something as real, to me, that's real. Everything else is like, no, that's a lie. (laughs) And again, like the Nate, what is the nature of reality? That's me. That's always me. Someone asked me to be on time. I'm like, but what is time? Yeah. (laughs) It's a social construct. It's a social construct, just like language. When you think about it, it's only, it was only birth to exchange ideas. Well, here again, if we're talking culturally and we were able to materialize ideas without language, then again, you have to ask yourself those questions. You're kind of like, well, why is that necessary? Well, because it is a byproduct of your colonization. This is how you colonize me. You, you force me to articulate my being with your words. And because there's such a high and low vibration and context, when we use and exchange these words, you know, the, the, the joke in the, in the metaphysical, it's, not a joke. it's spelling. It's, you're putting a spell on somebody. If you say these things, it's not putting a spell on you. I can say certain things and you not understand the denotation or the connotation and actually wish you did. But you thinking, oh, no, you know, that was, that was funny. You know, it's, you have to be careful with that. So when you find those connections, they are priceless because you know you're home. And remember, you took me out of my environment and told me I'm not Shatana, now you're Anne, and now you're finding, you're connecting, you're reconnecting really, because you've already been connected with them with these people and it's like I'm Shatana again it's amazing it's the only way to live for me (laughs) so So because because I 
I, I have a very um, active internal life within my head. I was thinking like, man, I actually have just been constantly been throwing thoughts out into the metaphysical world <laughs> and mm-hmm. like all the things that are in the metaphysical world just kind of like come back to me because I, I, do, I live so much in it. I live yeah. in the metaphysical world so much. Yeah. Um, and so like when I was thinking about like what I really wanted to talk to you about, I had reflected on like what was recently happening with me and my, my you know, those people who I, I find fellowship with. And uh, like I recently left my teaching job and I'm never Ooh. returning. Yes, love. <laughs> and yes, Jalen recently left her job. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> and then you recently left your job. Yeah. 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 And in, in that, in that, in the sense of because you know we talked about this on an earlier show. Is there's a difference between work and contribution? You know, it's yeah. I left that work. I don't do that work anymore. Mm-mm. It's not what we do. I was I was reading like you know connecting things um you know Jalen she explained it by saying like we really are the generation of like I'm not about to let this job kill me you know yeah for real yeah in the past um it was very normal for a previous generation to say whatever it takes you know um and 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 again this is sad because I feel like it hasn't helped it hasn't bought health and wellness to us it hasn't really even bought us capital honestly uh, it just killed us and it's killed our spirits and it's it's become something of um like a demon almost where that's just lingering <laughs> yeah like if well not if like when I'm not attached to an institution, when I'm not attached to a job, the the poison in those around me who have lived that experience of poverty, who have lived that experience of like, like not having enough, that demon comes out and they say, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? How are you going to sustain yourself? Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, you have to like stop doing these things that make you live and, and feel wonderful. Like, sleeping (laughs) or you know like you have to sacrifice time with those that you love so that you can really grind 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 um it's it's that demon that just like it's it's very present in in everyone actually and and there are those who have you know their emotions in check or like have some control over it so that they don't spread that poison to you as much but like the anxiety of insecurity is so real. It's very, and it's sickening. It's sickening. It's, it really is. This is one of the other reasons why I had to get out of there. You know what I mean? Like, it was everywhere, Shatana. And me being a highly imaginative person and thinking, you know, always thinking about the next really good idea. Granted, um, a lot of that requires grounding. But when you see it everywhere and you understand even further that the air plays a part environmentally, the water plays a part environmentally, um, your living space plays a part. And you start to look at how this metaphysical plane 
has evolved. And like you said, this devil, right? Think about this evil landlord. Like, I'm not fixing it. Oh, well. You're just going to be reminded of it every day. It's a hole in your roof. You know, um, it's raining on you. Oh, well. You become that again. You become that because you haven't, you haven't materialized anything else. You haven't dreamed and finished and felt successful in your own way and right anything else. And when that's around you all the time, yes, it, it will kill you. It will kill you. It will. It, it, you could still be walking around. You, you see all these shows of Walking Dead. What do you think that's about? <laughs> what do you think the zombie, what do you think that's about? That's about those who are living and there's someone else. They become someone else because they've taken in so much information and they've allowed that to ruminate. They have very little impulse control. They have very little, you know, the internal and external locus of control is not balanced. Again, psychology, right? That they're just negative. Of course, I'm going to spew it on you. Shatana, you're here. Shatana, girl. Oh, my God. I hate these people. These people getting on my nerves. You know what? I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? That's stupid. I got to keep my $5. Like, I'm not about to spend $5 on some art supplies. That's stupid. It's contagious. But that was the design. <laughs> So, so when we're answering that question, that's a question, did it work? It's, well, how many people believe that it worked? Yeah, everything comes down to belief. That's a, that's a, when I was doing my reflection, that is a key takeaway. Everything comes down to belief. And I don't care how solid whatever calculations you've done or whatever school of thought you're from, like information is felt and not yep. heard yep. and therefore everything comes down to belief um and that's more real today than ever ever um i i i want to carry that thought into this next little part which is like when i looked up because capitalism is a theory about production you know the idea here is that um there's always going to be a landowner and there's always going to be those who work the land plantation owner and the enslaved uh, you know the the business owner and the workers because capitalism is slavery um and so you know i i understood that kind of just based on like a historical and like marxist kind of framework especially looking at it but then I started reading, like, what is late capitalism? Because I heard that phrase going around the internet. And I learned that late capitalism is the point to where capitalism has become very efficient at production. So, like, we're overproducing things. So yeah. much so that, like, there's not real need for that much labor anymore because it's become, like, automated almost. Saturated. Yeah. yeah. And so late stage capitalism is what what happens after. What happens when we're so effective at producing? So capitalism turns from like this philosophy based on enslavement into either socialism or fascism. Yeah. Um, and whenever you have to enforce work through coercive means, then you're turning towards fascism. Right. Um, and if you instead say, you know what, there's so much and it's so plentiful 
that we don't have to work in the ways that we used to and we can find healthy ways of being community and sharing resources, that's socialism. Yeah. Um, but of course, like, depending on what lens you come from, you know, the, these words are very tied to beliefs. Totally. Very tied to beliefs. So it's totally. like you, you really can't even discuss these words with people because their feelings and their beliefs prevent um a, a, an honest discussion of of reality uh, we just end up talking about like these constructed realities that we all live in um and it's it's animated by our metaphysical manifestations of the world um and so that led me to like think about the internet because you know mm. the internet is supposed to save us somehow you know <laughs> um Okay, if you say so. No, I mean, that's, that's according to the capitalists, those who yeah. like really support capitalism, everything's moving into an internet space, whether it be a virtual reality space or, you know, like we're moving from technology being like used primarily for entertainment or for security into technology being used for like uh, increasing control over the physical world increasing manipulation of the human genome um and, and increasing like just like this this already pre-existing manipulation of mm-hmm. of people you know because because honestly it started again when the very first colonizer who stepped onto you know africa african soil like it, it really started there like that manipulation totally. and totally. control Totally. And and now through technology, they're extending it into an intimate space because, you know, when you're using your phone, uh, you're not really actually interacting with anyone. And, that, and, and, and in that way, the Internet is kind of like the metaphysical. Like All the day. Internet is not real. It, it, I mean, it's not physical. You can't touch the Internet, but it's it's very real. And it, and it does impact the physical world. And if anything, technology has driven us away from um, like our connections that really help us understand our our metaphysical environment, like love. The internet makes love harder, you know? Um, honestly, I think, in my opinion, because um, you, you sit on the internet and you, you, will, you can research anyone, you know, you can dive into their profiles. You can, and, and it doesn't make communication easier, you know? Totally. Like people don't communicate better with the, the technology and the stuff. So again, when, I, when I'm thinking about like how this control that started with colonization extended itself through capitalism because capitalism is slavery and then is further exaggerated in, a, in the United States as capitalism becomes fascism. Um, because like that is the process that we're witnessing when like the CDC is telling people to go to work, you know, despite the fact that you know everyone's sick, uh, or you know when all of the wealth is concentrated in like less than one percent of the population, and but yet somehow like everyone has to somehow bootstrap, like that's fascism. Um, yeah. So. Like how does how how do how do we how do we live in this world where like 
capitalism is is reaching into our metaphysical selves. Um, control from co- colonists and from white supremacy is reaching into our metaphysical self. Um, and, and and when I'm like asking myself these real as ex- existential questions that I honestly don't feel like m- most of anyone really would understand me because you have to yeah. you have to follow my thinking for like 48 minutes just for us to get to this question, you know? Yeah, for real. Yeah, I get it. No, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Finish the question because I want to make sure, you know, we, we, we're there. So, like, when capitalism is reaching into your metaphysical self, like, how do you break free from that? And I feel like, like, I have some answers, but I just kind of want to hear your voice. I, well, and I'm, I'm so, again, I'm so... I love this conversation for so many reasons. Um, we've, we've shared this on and off air. You've always been somebody who I've been very fond of, Shatana, because of, you know, your, uh, you to me are a thought partner, right? Uh, there are a lot of things that we think similarly on. And even in what we may not think similarly on, we always come to a point where it's like, yeah, I can see that, you know? It's always healthy. This question, requires prior knowledge you have to you know and i've said this for years there's net there's not a question i found on this earth quest i on that is question quest i on you are forever traveling in search of answers because you know that's just the fulfillment of you know the human it's like i gotta find the answer i gotta find the answer well there might not be an answer and you have to be okay with that. That's the first thing. But the second part of it is, is knowledge yourself. You have to ask. Say it again. I'm determination. That was self-determination. You have to know who are you? Who are you before you were told who you were? And this goes back to this literacy. Remember, my triad is literacy, language, and communication. Remember, literacy is the ability to see. I see it. I see it, right? Words, images, symbols. It's emerging. I see it. I feel it. I've become one with it, right? Language is the expression. It's the exchange, right? Okay, so I'm telling Shatana this. She's telling me this. We agree. Got it. And communication is the result, right? So if you think about that in a continuum, over time, right? Continuum, time, experience, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Then you have, you owe it to yourself to consistently, you got to know you. You got to know what you stand for, what you value. And if it doesn't line up, and I know this is going to be very hard, don't participate. <laughs> don't participate. If you feel as if you must participate, participate in your own way. Understand that, yeah, you're gonna get some kickback. It's not gonna be as easy because even that concept of what is easy, what is difficult, what is hard, those things, literacy. Oh, okay, well, I gotta struggle. Oh, I gotta struggle, that's gonna be hard. Well, it's only hard because somebody else said it was hard. Somebody else said it was unattainable. 
It's actually the right amount of focus energy that I need to materialize and manifest this in the metaphysical plane. Yeah, it's actually easy and you should do it with grace and ease, but you have to know who you are and what you stand for. And that is your statement. That is where you ground. This is where I live, my state. And this, I said what I said, I meant what I meant. That's it, I'm not moving from this. And once you do that, you remind yourself of that at all times. Like, yeah, I'm not participating, I'm not doing that. That's, no, that doesn't make sense. No, it's not in my plan. Difficult to do, but once you practice, and I say this all the time, life is nothing but practice until it's perfect practice, you'll feel you'll feel better about it. And especially once you meet those people, like you said, because we're really here, we are here for love, community, relationship, right? But we relate through these beliefs and these concepts, these ideas and the metaphysical plane. Yeah, that's where we relate. That's where we bond. You have to know who you are and what you stand for. And if you have to articulate that in word, people journal. You know, if you have to articulate that in, in pictures, people do vision boards. This is why all of that is a thing because you are becoming one with it. You have to, you have to know that. If you don't know that, you just out here, somebody's controlling you. And that was something, what you're saying, I'm always asking myself, like, how is what I'm doing being translated to children? Yeah. And um, the, the teacher is equally as important as a student. Absolutely. How the teacher understands and feels and learns is going to be imparted to the student. Period. Um, which, you know, in our current colonized teaching practices um you know in hisd or any isd in the united states really um that's blasphemy like it's always about the children and you know culture can be separate from education and you should not have you should have a a a generally neutral emotional state that's somehow always positive even when there's like no positive in a situation yeah yeah Yeah. um and and of course in teaching as i have been teaching this past six months like that just did not work um and and i wanted to like share with you my my experiences in capitalism specifically in the in teaching so like i yelled at my students and i and I used curse words, which is the ultimate no at my school. Um, I was told that I was a danger to children, which is an exaggeration, a hundred percent. Because totally, um, totally. You know, if anybody who knows you, yeah, yeah, no. anyone who knows me, never touched any of those children. I just said words to them loudly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, when I was, I've been reviewing and reviewing and reviewing what happened because it all happened. Um, so unexpectedly, you know, um, a child asked me, aren't we allowed to speak in class? Aren't we allowed to talk? And, you know, honestly, the answer is like, you should be allowed to express yourself freely at all times. But the way that their school was structured, the answer was no. The answer was straight up no. And like, I shared that with them. 
I shared that with them because like I, I, I sincerely feel like this this generation that's coming up behind us, um, the Gen Zers, whatever you want to call them, because I don't like labels. It's just the, the younger generation that is coming up behind us um, have been way more affected by all the topics that we've been discussing today and have no, uh, not no, but have very few resources to to find their way. Like the internet has reached into their metaphysical being ever yeah. since they were born. So no. there was no grounding. They just started off in this, this, this unreal place to begin right. with. Right, right. And um, on top of that, like the, the schools that they go to are modeling a capitalist turning into a fascist environment. They're modeling that. Um, you know, that they don't get chances to explore God. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about separating God in school. And I agree, especially if the God is white and the gods are white people. But there is something to be said of allowing an understanding of God to be in a teaching practice because it allows someone to connect to the metaphysical, um, you know, I, I went to a religious school. It was mostly white and it did me a lot of metaphysical, emotional harm. Yeah, um, totally. You know, it's the reason why I am repressed and why I have been repressed. Um, it, it, but it, it also taught me a lot about accessing my inner self. You know, another yeah. reason why I have so many internal thoughts and internal conversations is because when I was younger, you couldn't say stuff out loud. So then instead of saying things out loud, I just said it to myself and then continued the conversation internally until I found the words that would be acceptable to the people physically in front of me, you know? <laughs> so you see, yeah. how, see how much a chain, see how, see how much you're just like locked up from the very beginning? Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you do that to a child, you take away um, their ability to create and do. Absolutely. Um, and to be. Because that's be. the whole point of creating and doing. It's you're becoming. So it's really, I've, I don't acknowledge you as a being. You're not a being. You're my slave. You're here to do what you're told. Period. That's what they, that's what they tell children all of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and even when I was younger, that was a thing. It was like, when you're around adults, you don't speak, you say, yes, yep. ma'am, you keep your yep. head down. Yep. Um, you, you're just not allowed to be a fully articulated cosmic human being. Right. Um, and then yep. when, you, when you do, um, you're ridiculed for it, of course. Um, and this is, this, is, this is all a part of it. So like, I'm in this classroom, they ask me this question, and I just start yelling because I've had six months of just like emotional, like pouring. Turmoil, yeah. So like yeah. the emotions of the kids, the emotions of the administrators, the emotions of my coworkers, the emotions of everyone around me. And, you know, as a black person, as a black woman, like I'm used to just absorbing those emotions, um, thinking about like, what am I doing? What can I do and how can I change? Right. And 
and then like doing what I can. Um, but you know, I'm not a sponge and honestly absorbing all those emotions has left my body physically unwell. You know, um, I, I'm currently physically unwell, like in, in different ways and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. recovering, um, right. slowly, right. but it is, that is the case. And, and when I yelled, um, immediately, I'm telling you this, this classroom, these students have had a hard time being quiet, but the moment I started yelling, my God, you could hear a pin drop like, of course. on me. Um, and I was talking to my partner and he says, you have the ability to, um, call forth energy, um, in a very, very, um, very effective way. Yeah, um, totally. you know, he said it jokingly and lovingly, but he said, I've seen it. I've seen you call forth energy in a way that a whole room will stop. It's you demanding. Know? You do what I say right now. And it's, it's, it's your stature. It really is your being. It's your being. It's in your being. It yeah. is. It is. Um, so I can imagine how the <laughs> room got quiet. <laughs> and... The thing is, like, I I had already been anxious during, you know, these past six months because the way yeah. that school works is it's like they're they're always monitoring you. Okay. Uh, my principal would literally have a rolling desk and she would sit right outside the door. And when I'm teaching and she would say, no, say that again, but say it this way. You know, like um, they were the school I was working. It was very specific about the words that you use. It was always like, use less words, um, speak in commands. And, you know, uncomfortable. Like if I ever said, please, you say, no. The principal would be like, no, you don't say please. They, they're they not gonna be said, they're not gonna be asked, please, to go work. They're gonna be told to do a job. So you don't say, please sit down. You say, sit down. Now say it like that. And And she would stand right there so that like every single thing was extremely monitored so like this was such an anxious situation for me right right and um i said what i said nothing i said was bad you know i told them that they weren't the center of the universe which is true because it's about everyone i said that their actions affect everyone around them which is true you know i i i told them you know like unfortunately this is the school that you go to but like, you should not be drawing phallic symbols all over the wall and destroying all of the things, you know, just because X, Y, and Z. But like, what else does a captive people do? You know? Yeah, they, they're unruly. <laughs> they're, you know, they protest, you know, silently and otherwise. Yeah. And so yeah, like- it, it makes sense. So like, I'm here in this room of, 35 students and and I honestly I had 280 students that I would see every day yeah, and so it's just like wave after wave after wave right. and, and, and and no one class is like behaved better than the other they like they're all the same they're all behaved in that way which is just like again indicative of like a system that is so deeply broken and is so deeply locked them in that they have and feel like they have no other choice but to be very nihilistic um, yeah. 
but to be very destructive, but to be very just like constantly like just like I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It was terrifying, honestly. Well, I mean, you you just did. And, you know, to the best of your, you know, that emotional state. Yes, it's 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 horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It really is. And it's why I've always I'm like, okay, if, if anything, for me, community of children are worth it, you know, and I've had to like revisit that often because you're right. This it does not connect you to yourself at all. And you become someone else. And if we, you know, I'm in my 40s, if we can say, oh my gosh, this is what this does. And you see that very clearly early in your life, you know, uh, in your teens and 20s, you see it and it's like, oh, oh my God, I'm being manipulated. <laughs> Yikes. Somebody else was controlling me all the time with everything that I consume, all of this information then you have this deep desire to want to free children in that way, you know, um, because of that, you know, family being that social fabric and you understanding the mental health implication of the family and thus community. When you start to see it, it's, it can be very heavy. Um, but it's, this has been happening. Like when we answered, when we talked about the question, like, did it work? It's been happening for ever. I mean, you know, I don't want to say ever in that way, but it's been happening a long time. And where we're going to this meta, meta, oh yeah, it's just gonna get yikes. <laughs> yikes. I mean, honestly, I welcome the fights. Oh, I, I do too. Do because. I do too. If you don't, if we scared, for those of us who might be listening and, you know, you're listening to this, I was that person once, like, I remember I was in art school and I was doing art school and I was doing African-American studies at the same time and I had to interview a member of the community. So I was speaking to um, a magazine publisher. She had this magazine called um, The Tray. And um, what is her, what is sister's name? I forget her name. I think his name is Stephanie, if I'm not wrong, um, Steph. I was talking to her as a, like a 19, 20 year old. And I was still trying to figure out my voice. And, um, you know, I asked her, well, I said, I feel like it's unfair that I have to fight this, this metaphysical fight that we just referenced. Right. And, And I feel like I just wanted to do art which is like really when you read my story and all the things that I say that really it just comes down to that I was a little girl who just wanted to do art and I couldn't understand why I was not being allowed to do art (laughs) you know and so when I was talking to the editor of the magazine I was just like what if I just want to paint clouds all day why is it somehow all of my clouds now are like these are black clouds you know yeah yeah Yeah. stephanie was just like honestly you could do anything like you could go and just paint like swaths of colors on the wall and people will still like label that as like this is a black person doing black art 
and it will still be a part of this metaphysical battle. Like you can't escape it. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, that was her, her message to me as a 20 year old. Like you can't run away from it. Like, yeah, totally. It doesn't matter where you go. You, it's white supremacy is all over the, the world, all over yeah. the planet. And yeah. it's all over the internet. And in fact, it's it's informing the artificial intelligence that runs the internet. And and so now it's on this 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 metaphysical plane as well, where the internet is reaching into your metaphysical self. You can't even withdraw. You cannot even withdraw within yourself without being chased by the demon that has been created from white supremacist thinking. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, so no, and I get it. And that's the only reason why I say yikes is because of, you know, the state, if you will. Remember the state of where we are with many who are already like they've given up, you know, they just they don't have the the bandwidth emotionally or physically to just fight it. But for us, of course, yeah. What do you, what did, what did, what did John Witherspoon say on uh, Friday? We live another day, you know, to fight. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's like, this is not normal. This is not healthy. We have to resist. Um, but you're right. You know, we're always going to be confined by labels. We're always going to, even when you just said, what if I just, you know, want to paint these clouds? What if they're black clouds? You know, we even on down to color psychology, black is so bad. And that is not the truth. The, 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 the center of the universe, when we think about the black hole, that is where all is birthed. <laughs> all that draws near you know it's like so we we think black is bad okay so i'm going to be labeled oh she's drawing black clouds you know it's changing those beliefs and those and those thinking patterns because that's what metaphysically upholds systems that seek to destroy us it's changing the way we look at our contribution our work our art and saying no i'm gonna do it on, i don't care what you think i don't care this isn't about you it's about me it's about my community and you know, like, whenever I feel in a place where I, I'm, I feel like I'm, un, I'm, I'm unwilling to come out of a dark place, because mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can be that way. Yeah, totally. um, the thing that always brings me back is the art, the music, yeah. the poetry, uh, mm-hmm. the love. Yeah. It's all- it's always the love. Yep. And I was actually like really enjoying myself this morning with baby. And we were listening to uh, James Brown, Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus going down to the ghetto. Um, no, for real. <laughs> and, you know, we were listening to like a whole variety of like music classics, but I started thinking to myself, like, how blessed and how beautiful um, Black culture is that we have 400 years worth of art that has been centered on this metaphysical fight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's hardly a feeling or emotion or thought that I have that hasn't actually been already articulated by a black artist in some time period. You know, I have to go back to the jazz age to find it. Sometimes I find it in the hip hop age. 
sometimes I have to go all the way back to the choral singers, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I always find my metaphysical emotion being articulated in the physical world if I just engage with the 400 years of Black art that already exists. Um, and I just find that so wonderful. It's, it's beautiful. I love that you said that because we, we've answered the question, did it work? No. Because if we can still identify and define, you know, love and creativity and uh, Black existence through those 400 years, then yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, moving forward, if, we, if, we're, if we're talking about progressivism um, and celebrating that, we also understand that this conversation is merely an extension of the beginning of infinity. Of course, Shatana says, no, I'm, I, this, this, this thought has already been, it's, it's been original somewhere else. But we are in the fight, charged with upholding it and finishing it. Finish your work. And that lets, that leads me to the present today now because yes. we've actually been reviewing like a lot of history a lot of metaphysics yeah and today now there's um a lot of popular thought around this idea that black love will save us all <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. i mean in in like a mothering circle like in the black mother circles like it, it's it's I don't know about you, Shatana. I've been trying to save my people with my black love. Sometimes, sometimes I don't want it. I'm tired. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, especially with the recent transition of Bell Hooks, um, All About Love has been very, very on a lot of people's minds. And yeah. the youth of love in this metaphysical fight, as we've been, you know, as we've discussed it. Yeah. And um, I wanted to... Originally, when I sketched this out in my head, I wanted to talk about waiting to exhale. Oh. Um, Because waiting to exhale is a love story. And it's about all these different kinds of love, like love between friends, love between lovers, love between mother and child, uh, love for the community, love for self. Um, And... The thing that I, when I was a child watching Waiting to Excel, it was, I don't know, I know you know, it was a blockbuster. I mean, yeah, it from, was. My, from my childhood, it was like the album was a hit. The yeah, actors oh my God. were a hit. The, the lifestyles that they lived were just yeah. like, oh, wow, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and they were all relatable. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, like she she pinned that story as, you know, even now, like when I see it, like I can watch it on one of my channels. I'm like, I'm about to watch it again. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> it's a, it's classic. a classic. Yeah. And so, my conversation about waiting to exhale actually began on the internet um, with this woman from Philadelphia who she was really just like again. She was just like, I'm about to watch this movie again. <laughs> just like yeah. you said. You yeah, know? like read the book, watch the movie, for real. <laughs> and um, she asked like a general question to the audience, you know, on the Instagram stories, like, 
what is it that you liked about this movie? And my reflection on that movie was, I really liked the fact that, um, like the women would get to a point where like their, their anger would turn to transitions or would, would transform them. Um, and unlike love stories that are like created by like a white media where like, you know, you find the man, you fall in love, you have children, you live happily ever after. Like these love stories had a lot of like vitriol in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love those things where Angela Bassett cut her hair off. I, I yeah. lived for it. And I remember oh, when wow. I got my perm cut off, I was just like embodying that. I was like, cut it all off, you know? Yeah. I just knew you were going to say when she blew up that car. <laughs> yeah, that one too. I mean, there, there is more than one moment. Um, no, of course. The whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I I was a child. So, like, for me, like, the blowing up the, the car was, like, very epic, but it didn't resonate deeply with me. Yeah. Um, you got to live it. <laughs> you got to live when it. I, when I saw the hair cutting, it was like her hair had been so important to this idea and label of her that, you know, that she just was like, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, like, Black love is full of vitriol. Um, yeah. And it's not bad. And, and this ties back to what happened in the classroom with me that day when I quit my job. Um, I called forth angry energy. And as a result, um, I got the attention I needed and I shared the information I wanted to share. But the way that I was perceived afterward was as an angry Black woman, as a dangerous Black person, as an unhinged human being um, who has let her emotions and her anxiety endanger those around her. Right. And um, in the past, like a method of control has always been to just throw these labels at, at women, Black women especially, like you're angry. So, you know, so you don't show emotion. And so you become more oppressed because in the past, like I remember I never wanted to be seen as an angry person. So I always just try to be pleasant. I always just try to understand my anger and then dissipate it, you know, internally in my own metaphysical way. Um, But just like my partner was telling me, he was like, you have an ability to call forth energy and Furthering that thought, sometimes you need to invoke an angry energy. And it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. But again, when you live in a place that tells you that you yourself are weird, you're 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 on the outskirts, right? You're not normal, you're abnormal. Then of course, the minute you do anything that is otherwise, yeah, that's even worse. It's ludicrous, Shatana. Of course you're supposed to be angry once in a while. I mean, honestly, I'm, when you told me this story the first time, it's like, okay, so you raised something had to have really popped off for you to raise your voice. I've never seen you do that. Even in, com- in, in, in instances where I'm like panicked and 
And me too, sometimes I don't get panicked, but I'm panicked and you calm. I'm like, she's trying to so calm right now. You know, I've never seen you do that. So I know that there was a reason. Do I label you? Absolutely not. You know why? Because contextually, we share experience. We share that experience of understanding. Oh, okay, she had to be pushed there. That's not her, that's not her nature. So now you label her, but that's what the system does. And this when we're talking about literacy, language, communication, metaphysically, it's yeah, if I can label you and I can tap into that literacy, now I paint this picture of angry Shatana. She's a danger. Oh no. <laughs> then yeah, fire her. Get rid of her. And honestly, they didn't even have to fire me because like the moment they told me I was a danger to children I said oh no hun oh, if that's how you feel I gotta go yeah yeah the great resignation is just that because because of it's no I'm I'm not I'm waking up to my own good and this system has repeatedly like you said repressed and suppressed oppressed me and it's depressed me it's left me in this very unbalanced state and I choose to elevate as I see fit. And this is where those conversations, they have to accompany you and they should accompany you in with more. If you're talking to yourself all day, it's, yeah, you should be saying really nice things about yourself. You should be saying really positive things. You should be saying, you know, like you said, the transmuting of the things like, okay, yeah, I was angry, but yeah, now I'm gonna go create this art. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna express this through this art. I'm going to share this with other people because that's black love to me. That struggle stuff, that waiting to it. I can't breathe because you, you know, your love is, you know, me. And I think this is normal. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. What I what I think about the women in that story is that they all share reflections of everything we discussed, and they they. They were repressed. They they were repressed because the world forces black women to be repressed. Yeah. And the moment that they embraced um what someone might call Shango, Shango energy, angry energy, mm -hmm. the moment that they embraced that and released that energy, um, they were transformed by it and allowed or they allowed themselves to become who they are right. without the repression. Right. without the like need to feel like there's something wrong and um yeah that's what i feel about that movie it was like me screaming at those kids was me like burning that man's clothes in the car and setting on yep. fire <laughs> like i'm out of here you know you see that walk when she left i'm sure that's how you leave it like i'm out of here <laughs> Um, it's freeing, it's liberating. And, and when we understand that those experiences are for our transmutation, our transformation, and that's, the, the, it, again, designed on purpose, Nia, purpose. This is, this is purposeful. I can use this. This is, this is yet another lesson. This is yet more wisdom. Um, then it's, it's, it becomes a little bit more familiar for us to navigate, right? Um, especially on the ancestral plane. It's, you know, I can, you know, our people endured horrid times in, you know, environments. It's like, how did they get through that? Yeah, they channeled. 
they channeled that that love that was there, that was pure, that was a lot less repressive, you know, between each other. So yeah, when you're able to do that and you're able to see that, again, it's literacy. But we have to balance it and we have to make sure that there's an equilibrium that really does serve who we are to become. That's what we're here to do. And that's difficult like that in and of itself when you talk about overarching. It's difficult to do when you're constantly being told, uh-uh, you're Ann, you are not Shatana. <laughs> Stop that Shatana in. No, you cannot do that. You better and, and, and. That's the fight. So you're really not fighting the system. You're fighting your, you're fighting another version of yourself that you you're believe. For you. Right, right, right. Yep. So like my conclusion again was like, it's 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 about me. It's also about you and everyone else because we're all interconnected. Um, very much interconnected. That's and and be well. I'm, I am calm because anxiety, I'm not very good when I'm anxious. I'm yeah, not. It's um, awesome. <laughs> and I work hard. I work so hard to not exist within those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, that's, that is the reason why I am the way I am because I cannot be well if right. I'm if I am anxious, I cannot be well if I'm sharing poisons. I right. cannot be well, you know, and, 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 you know, it, it leads to a very specific way of thinking, a way of understanding. Um, and, and, and it all comes down to belief. Yep. Who do you believe you are? Who do you believe you are? Who, what do you believe you should be doing? You know, and it's, again, all very transient, you know, concepts um, associated with time and place and belonging and safety and all of these, you know, things that we, we when we're anxious, feel as if are out of our reach. It's, it's very toxic. And it, again, it, it assumes, it'll assume you if you don't, if you don't declare, if you don't state, no, that's not what's happening right now. That's not real. That's not real. All I have to do is just regain control of my mind. <laughs> my mind. I'm fine. I'm okay. And that's the work that we have to do for mental health, for wellness, because healing, it is slow. And it takes double the time, if you will, that it took for you to get sick. You can get sick quick. Quick. But healing, you have to give the body, you have to put the body back in its its um, progressive state where it can do that. So you have to reverse it and then you have to, you know, prepare for it to go ahead and go back into that place that it was before. You don't want to do that to yourself over and over and over again. Not willingly. <laughs> Not willingly. No. Thank you, Tiffany. You are more than welcome. Thank you. This has truly 
been an honor to be a part of Afrofuturism AM. It really has, my dear. It has. Life changing. It's been it's been so wonderful. Yes. I I I honestly have to say that I have these conversations metaphysically in my head alone. And it feels so good to have them out loud. Yeah. Cause it's like, wait, that that is real. You know, when we talk about what is real, that is real. When you connect with others who who get it, it's healthy. It's that's that's black love to me. That's what I, that is. I agree. And like yeah. in the upcoming episodes, I'm really just going to be exploring what is black love. I cannot wait. Yeah, so I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Congratulations to you on all you've accomplished. I am so looking forward to seeing the art box in every single household. Um, just on all you've done. Like you're a phenomenal person. Like I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. I honestly, I look forward to just growing community and just continuing like what we've done because it, it is about me. I understand that it's about me, but it's also about me being in community that allows me to be me. Yeah, um, totally. So thank you for being part of my life and my community and helping me just experience the world in a way that is truly life-giving. You are more than welcome. Thank you. The <laughs> same. Thank the, the, the absolute same, my dear. The absolute same. All right, so enjoy Mia with with more music with the baby. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. My name is Shatana Powell, founder of Artivism Community Art located in Houston, Texas. Artivism Community Art is a production company that creates community-led media. Our products and services accommodate the lack of participation in creative fields among African Americans of all ages by providing resources that teach the philosophy and design of the African diaspora. We help people diverse in age, race, and ethnicity who want to know more about Black culture create their own system of learning by providing resources and tools through our monthly subscription box. According to a 2019 study by SMU Data Arts, Less than 6% of African Americans are employed in creative fields in Houston, Texas. Less than 4% participate in cultural activities, despite the fact that African Americans make up 18% of the population. During our conferences between 2016 and 2020, Artivism Community Art found that the cultural practices of black and brown people are not well represented in the arts, culture, and education industry, resulting in a lack of participation and employment in creative fields among African Americans. Our products and services increase representation in the arts by employing Black and Indigenous creators to create and design culturally situated curriculum and art that centers the culture, lives, and history of Black and Indigenous populations. During our gatherings, both virtual and physical, we display the work and have interactive experiences, increasing opportunities for Black Indigenous voices to be seen and amplified. To learn more, visit artivismcommunityart.com. Thank you.